the sounds of bongeziwe mabandla wandenzani na yeah that's a topic as well in and of itself nienzana banye bantwana all right it is 25 minutes to 2 and we'll read some of your comments on the earlier tidbits that we discussed we'll do that a little bit later on the show right now though we turn our attention to travel tuesday so every tuesday we'll be taking you around the world in just 30 minutes in a segment that we like to call travel tuesday now today we land in south africa's northern neighbor zimbabwe so i suppose i should have made this as an introduction yesterday put it out there so that you know now and forever going forward that i have declared myself a chief liker of things okay that is one of my title so every now and again when you hear extra you must just remember my self-appointed title hmm? chief liker of things so there i was this past weekend right having accepted a wedding invitation from a distant cousin and i thought to myself ah you know why not yolo you only live once i decided to travel it was all very last minute i literally decided on thursday that on friday i was going to do this i was going to go to zimbabwe for this wedding right no forex in hand no malaria shots just me and my big mouth and my eager eyes and my determination so the wedding was absolutely amazing i'm glad i took the chance and i went out and i did this thing and uh, we were among beautiful amandebele in bulawayo you know the gentleman was reminding us that hey chinagaloku si 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 family sonke you know we anguni he said and i was like yes this is amazing very welcoming people extremely hospitable it was just amazing however and there always isn't however, like I did say that everything has two sides of the same coin. Uh, the state of affairs in Zim, quite troubling, right? Uh, long petrol lines, no accurate uh, Rand bond note exchange. You know, there was a situation where other people were even saying, you know, this huge snake that you're seeing go right around the curve in terms of vehicles that are back to back waiting for fuel at this fueling station is the reason why some of the relationships break apparently because the gentleman will leave the house and say, I'm going to pour fuel, right? And leave eight to 10 hours, brother, gone. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, he's not pouring fuel, okay? Okay. Somebody, you know, cuddling somewhere somehow. But that's a good alibi because the wife knows that, okay, petrol takes long or fuel takes long for you to, uh, to, to, to purchase. And so, you know, so there's that. And then, of course, like I said, the, you don't know how much anything costs. You'll say, okay, how much is this? And they'll give you a price in the bond notes. And you say, okay, how much is it in rands? And people guess, people estimate. And you think, yo, meantime, Ayanna didn't even bring dollars or anything. And then to make matters worse, because it was so rushed, Right, I'd forgotten to pack my makeup bag. I was just like in an excited mood, and I just thought, "Hey, let's go!" You know. So I left my makeup bag, and I thought, "Ah, no problem. I'll find a shop when I get there. I'll be able to purchase whatever it is that I need. This shouldn't be a big deal." <sighs> I was wrong. Everything costs so much more in Zim. High costs of things there, limited stock of everything because of the huge economic issues that they face there. So let's talk about this. I know that you're going to plan carefully for your next trip, uh, trip to Zim. Don't be like me. Let's talk about the do's and don'ts of traveling to Zimbabwe, some of the places that you can go. Um, I have uh, with me in studio someone who's traveled to over 30 African countries. He's even written a book called African 
Africa is open to business. Um, I'm talking about none other than author and commentator on African business matters, Victor Khomiaswana. Victor, thank you so much for joining us. Hello and welcome. Good day. It's good to see you. Good it's energy out here. Good to see you. Thank Chief you so liker much for of things. I'll, I'll Chief liker that. of things. I'll, I'll hashtag uh, that. <laughs> I've come to accept it. I used to duck from that title, but now I'm like, yes. It's yes. a good thing. It's a good thing. I think it's Don't a good be afraid thing. For, of people saying we are papa because right. that's how you learn. Right. In fact, if we restrict children from papa, we, we restrict their learning. Mm. And when somebody pronounces and say you like things, or we are translating it for those yeah. who speak English only. We're translating it from African language. Yeah. When you shy away from that, because we care what people think about mm-hmm. us, we restrict ourselves. And when we don't travel, yeah. we restrict ourselves from Even knowing new favorites, Even. from discovering new things. Let's talk a little bit about traveling to Zim. You know, Zimbabwe has some outstanding places. There's Vic Falls yeah. with its helicopter rides. Yeah. There's the sunset boat cruises. Uh, there's the elephant back safaris. Yeah. What else can we do in Zim? My favorite spot in Zimbabwe is still, maybe because I'm born in Limpopo, I'm far from water. So it's still the Lake Kariba area oh. and the Vic Falls area. I Something about water does it for me. And the last time I went on holiday, because I go to Zimbabwe a lot, but the last time I went on holiday, I was in that area, having been in Zambia as well. So it's that. I haven't been to the Great Zimbabwe Ruins, which is brilliant history. Mutare itself is another town towards the Manikalan province that is moving towards the border with Mozambique. And there even there, even the, the nation, nature reserves, Wange National Park, I think. The problem is with South Africans, it's hard for me to, to buy into any nature reserve because having been to the Kruger so mm-hmm, many times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's hard for any nature reserve to match it at least. So, but there are two great nature reserves, I think, in Zimbabwe. So you, you can do a lot of things more. Bulawayo itself is a different kind of vibe to Harare. And therefore, you, you look, it's traveling, especially as we say it. Mm-hmm. Traveling makes you realize how small you are. But the greatest thing about traveling to Zimbabwe is not even the natural features, natural features, which are great, mm-hmm. but is the people. Yeah, yeah. That when you, you think you see a few Zimbabweans here in South Africa, they, the waiters that you meet, that's your typical Bulawayo hospitality. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, I write in my book that nine out of ten, if I take a bet that I see a good waiter, and he's not South African, chances are they are from Bulawayo because there's some hospitality about them. Maybe they blend a lot more easily into South Africa, but something about them that just makes them hospitable people. So being in Zimbabwe is that. Secondly, is the work ethic that you see, that you find suddenly, this, this is a literate nation. They're literate. Mm-hmm. So an average Zimbabwean has a higher literacy rate than even a South African sometimes in certain parts of, because for a very long time, Zimbabwe had the highest literacy rate. So when you have a conversation with this Zimbabwean and their O-levels and A-levels, and they are mad about their O-levels, you suddenly realize the conversation becomes a lot more enlightened. So having a conversation with a waiter is going to take you a whole lot further. And that's where traveling is so powerful because traveling of all the things that it does for me is it teaches me how small I am. On my street, I might be the biggest name, but when you are in Arare or you are out at Kariba, you are a regular person and you are a lot more open to learning. Mm. 
Let's talk a little bit about the rands and cents or maybe dollars and bond notes about it all. How much does Zimbabwe's economy rely on tourism? It Okay, it had not done very well. Remember, it's a mining economy. Mm -hmm. It was an agriculture, so it was mining agriculture. But because of its positioning and because of the iconic places like Vic Falls, although Zambia has a share of that, and the great Zimbabwe ruins, and the fact that from Zimbabwe you can get into Mozambique, into South Africa, into Botswana, into Zambia, and almost by extension into into the DRC. Because of that, it has been always benefiting from problems, but it hasn't been as great as mining and agriculture. And now with the problems that were part of the president, former President Mugabe, the downturn was a bit... Because remember tourism, people visit people, right? Mm -hmm. So at the moment, the tourism that you find is likely to be more business tourism. People traveling to go to meet somebody, to open a business, to check on their shareholders or to meet with shareholders. People like you who are traveling for leisure, yes, because of South Africa has a lot of, of Zimbabweans. Yeah. So that Bait Bridge route is still open. But it's more business tourism because at the moment we still associate Zimbabwe with hardship and you are mentioning yeah. it those are realities rents and cents don't lie so if you're going to get the bond note it used to be 2.5 dollars i think the official mm-hmm. exchange rate i don't know what it is so not knowing how much things will cost the shortage of supplies as you're saying yeah. where in johannesburg you know you can even at 10 p.m go and buy some of the supplies out there you need to be stocked up well ahead of time yeah. so those are the difficulties but if you're having a business trip you can't postpone it no matter how hard you think the time is going to be so it's still business tourism and i don't think they have done enough to boost that conference tourism as they could because here's the deal i i under. Zimbabwe is more centrally located than South Africa, if we are talking about SADC. So from Zimbabwe, if you fly from Harare, the distance to Mozambique, to Zambia, to DRC, to Angola, to Namibia, to Botswana, to South Africa, is almost the same. Mm-hmm. It's almost a one hour, between the one hour, 90 minute kind of range. So that means they are the rightful center of the rightful hub of of SADC. So that is where I think they should capitalize more on the business tourism. And then the, the, the other tourism will follow. Normally, the countries that I've gone to on holiday, I first went to on business. Sure. So the business tourism is a good precursor. Because you're likely yeah. to return if you yes. had a good experience. Yeah. But whether or not the government of Zimbabwe has a strategic emphasis, you see, it's one thing to talk about mm. being open for business, and they do that a lot, and I agree with them. But whether you are emphasizing in what you do, how your hosts behave. So if, if we compare, say, Zimbabwe and Mauritius or Dubai, mm-hmm. if you land in Dubai, you get met by so many people, you'll think they're all there to pick you up. And yet they are just wanting to sell you, come and see our hotel, come and see our property development. In Mauritius, when you leave to come back, you have so many people asking you, how was Mauritius? What did you like? Was your holiday worth your while? Did you like how much you paid for your hotel? How did you get here? Mm -hmm. What would you change? Now, that's when you know a country is big on tourism. So it's the Mauritius style, it's the Dubai style, or the Austria style, where they are making more money out of tourism than anything else. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you also touched on the government of Zimbabwe. And we won't go into too much detail there because this is a travel feature. But some of the decisions that have 
been made there. Um, I know that the rand was hugely popular at some yeah. stage and people could use the rand. You could use the US dollar. They've gone very heavy on the bond notes. The issue is, and, and I experienced this firsthand as well. So, so you can go to an ATM and withdraw the bond notes, oh. but you cannot exchange bond notes yeah. for South African currency yes. or, or even US currency or whatever yeah. the case may be. So you're stuck with these bond notes if you don't use them, number one. Number two, there's also a shortage of how much you can withdraw yeah. on that day mm. if there's anything that you can withdraw. Yes. So, I mean, yes. we had a situation with, you know, one of the ladies who was traveling with us mm. um, who was booked on, uh, in a smaller boutique hotel, yeah. a nice SMME. Unlike you, know, you in unlike, your big uh-uh. fancy. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to mention anything moving along swiftly, but uh, but this person and I think it's a good thing to support smaller establishments. So, so this this lady said, okay, I've got a boutique hotel. I'm going to make sure that I support. And they said, you know, we can't take card payment yeah. because when we go to the bank to say, you know, here's a, a card payment there, yeah. the bank charges are not worth our while. We yeah. we may as well have not have had you here. True. You know, do you have cash for us, etc. Mm. It was nightmarish. Those are practical decisions of you have to make when you run a country that issue about restricting the amount of money you can withdraw from a bank is simple is about avoiding a run on the banks because remember the confidence in an economy is is almost directly not almost directly linked or proportionate to how much people will leave money in the bank if you leave your money in a bank you have confidence that any time of day you can get it out but when you're still in doubt about whether this economy is heading in the right direction, you prefer to keep cash. And if you have a run on the banks, you have a problem of the monetary system. And if you have that, you have a crisis of trade imbalances. And now your economy has gone to the docks. The issue about people not buying into... Remember, if you say to me you have got bond notes and you want to exchange them for South African rand, you are saying to me there's as much value for me in the mm-hmm. bond notes as there is for you in the South African rand. Mm-hmm. There's no equal, there's no balance there as well. So the government of Zimbabwe has to do what most countries do. They think of money as a national language more than just the language of trade. To me, it's the language of trade. If the street vendors, the shop business owners are saying we want dollars, I would say let them have the dollars. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not running Zimbabwe, so... It's that kind of decision. Do we need our own airline? Do we need our own stock exchange? Mm. I don't think so. As long as people can trade shares Mm. if they want to Mm -hmm. and they can fly in and out of your country, I don't care who owns. But some countries in Africa tend to think differently. And that's where you're going to have that. And it's going to affect the convenience, the ease of doing business in Zimbabwe, unfortunately. That's the thing. I mean, it was so interesting as well. So our uh, our driver for the shuttle service that that, that picked us up from the airport and, and, and took us to the hotel actually made a request to say, if you have uh, rands on you or dollars, Mm. please pay me in that because that's easier for me to go and purchase fuel. I don't have to wait in the long line. So those long lines are for those who are purchasing fuel with the bond notes. Mm. But I can sort of get fuel in a black market, you know, or even black market uh, currency. Imagine the the awkwardness of this. Ayanda Ali Payne, you speak Sitswana and you speak Sizul. You are in a foreign country and you meet a taxi driver who says, I would rather speak to you in Isizulu. It's in Mauritius. Mm. Now, that's queer, isn't it? Mm. Because that's what a currency is. It's a language of trade. And if taxi drivers prefer to speak in Zimbabwe, South African rand and U.S. dollars, 
what are you doing imposing mm. this bond note on them it's like the parents feeding a child vegetables mm. and the child is spitting it out because they want something else and instead of parents mm. ma- learning to make healthy food that tastes good they say no you shall eat vegetables it's one of the it's a typical typical explanation mm. of what is happening with the monetary situation in zimbabwe all right so what to do if you are going to be traveling in zim the do's and don'ts in just a moment stay with us Tweet at SFM Radio and at Ayanda Ali P. Travel Tuesday. Today we're taking you to Zimbabwe. Before we talk about the do's and the don'ts, very quickly, uh, from Bolokwane, we have Tobile. Tobile says, hey, ahem, but you kind of forget that traveling is expensive. I love traveling, yet there are other priorities in life. I couldn't agree with you more. You're most certainly correct when it comes to that. But perhaps, you know, if you manage to save up, I know there are travel stock fells these days. There are ways in which we can circumvent uh, the cost and maybe minimize them to make sure that at least maybe if we travel in groups, we can have a discount of some sort. But maybe we can also look into the cost of travel, especially if you're going to Zim. So, Pravikta, maybe let's talk a little bit about the cost before you tell us about what exactly it is we need to be aware of. Is, is Zim expensive? I mean, I've already said from my side of things, I tried to buy makeup there and mm. I nearly died. Let, let's get the numbers out. You know, numbers don't lie, right? I just went online now and you say flights are expensive. Yeah. Flights to Zimbabwe, 3,006 on South African Airways, it's 1 hour 30. British Airways, 1 hour 35, is 4,230. Mm. Ethiopian is 5,007. Rwanda is 9,000. But that is now because it's 32 hours. It stops yeah. all over. This is because I'm looking for the flight now. Okay. But let's face it. Johannesburg, Polokwane, doesn't matter. In South Africa, we spend a lot of money eating out, drinking out. Mm. And traveling is like learning. It's like growing. It's like going to gym. You invest in your growth. So 4,000, 3,005. And by the way, you don't have to fly. You can, you can catch drive. a bus. You can drive. Yeah. Yes, driving through borders in my on my continent is not the best experience I've had. But I'm saying... You can fly. If you plan it for uh, later, there are special flights that are mm-hmm. going to cost less than the 3000 I'm reading. And you can live in a B&B. You can live in a guest house. Mm-hmm. You can, by the way, live in people's homes. There are people who are happy to host you in their homes because that's how hospitable mm-hmm. Africans are. And you can give them a stipend or you can do that. It, it doesn't have to be exp- expensive. And I really plead with my fellow South Africans that if you think travel is expensive, Try being narrow-minded because you live in one town 45 years. That will cost you even more. That is poison. That is poison because you are never going to meet new friends. You're never going to see business opportunities. You are never going to expand the way you think. And if you don't expand the way you think, then the cost you are saving by not traveling is the price you're going to pay for just being parochial in, in your life in your life outlook. Yeah. I feel like we've already touched on the do's and don'ts. Yeah. So we've spoken about <laughs> book in advance. Yeah. So that's a lesson that I learned uh, the hard way as yeah. well. So book in advance uh, just to make sure that it's more economical. Um, what else do you need to do to prepare find, yourself? Find locals. Find, find locals. locals. You yes. know, because you, 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 I grew up in the countryside. We love visitors. And you, I know you love visitors mm. too, but we don't like visitors who come in and you welcome into your house and the children are already jumping in your bedroom. <laughs> and because you, and there's nothing wrong with that if children are raised like that. But the the local is people will advise you. They will say, okay, Ayanda, what's your budget? You're saying 
your ticket is expensive. Okay, I I have a friend who works at this. They have can give you. I don't know. Make a plan. Where, what is your budget for staying? Mm -hmm. That's exactly. But most of all, they would have told you. Obviously, you were traveling as an in a, in a on, on a in, on impulse. Mm -hmm. But they would have been able to tell you, by the way, are you into makeup? Are you yes. bring, bring supplies because here we are short of this. The weather, okay, you can go online and check the weather just yeah. about any part of the world. But they can tell you what is the season like. Is it likely to rain? And what is this? And the mosquito, I agree with you. I haven't tasted a malaria type. I don't even know what it yes, looks like. Yes, me too. But I have been to 30 African countries. So it tells you, you can't travel without Without what? Yeah. I had this huge argument with, with my cousin who insisted on taking the medication. Nah. I risked it and didn't. So, so you don't rather, have to take rather take, rather take the repellent and yes. wear longer sleeves. Okay. You know, most of all, that's what you need to. But take an insect repellent. But by the way, here's another part that sounds a little formal, and I emphasize it to every South African that travels. Make contact with your embassy when you land. Ah. It could save your life and a whole lot more because your embassy is your official representative. So the embassy in Zimbabwe, that's the representative of Pre President Ramaphosa and the people of South Africa. Their duty is to make your stay as much as possible, convenient, safe, but they will give you warnings about what not to do. And even before you travel, you can do that. And lastly, there's something called the Registrar of South Africans Abroad. If you don't want to check in with the embassy, at least go to that website and register yourself as being outside of the country. Here we're talking about instances where, unfortunately, accidents happen. It's true. Or you it's find so yourself important. in trouble with the law. So important. And, and, of course, respect the laws when you're out there. The do's and don'ts. Do not pick your nose and say, oh, this is not like Santon. Or this is, because that is not Santon. I love your accent. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm talking <laughs> but you know what I mean. Eh? You live in your home. The idea is to experience something else. Exactly. So open your mind to learning and embrace people. They will embrace you. But if you go snooty on them and say, you know, in Sandton by then, uh, by now I would have had already uh, the second shot of tequila. They will say, okay. Yeah. How about you go back to Sandton right now? And every experience is a good experience. Yeah. If it's a new experience, it's something that you can talk about when you get back home. It's part of the story. Enjoy it. Whew, we've run out of time. We're going to have to do this again. As a good sign. We're going to have to do this again next time. But I hope that you've enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend that you travel to Zim. Um, I've loved it. And I know, Bravik, it's not the first time that you, no, you've gone a no, number no. of times. If you can't go to any well. other country on the continent, Zimbabwe is the place you want to go to. Yay. You can't go wrong there. I promise you. Author and commentator on African business matters, Victor Khomiaswana. Thank you so much for your input to this Travel Tuesday. Been a pleasure.